Hello, everybody. You're listening to Chatting with Candace. I'm your host, Candace Horback. Before we get started, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to chattingwithcandace.com. In the upper right-hand corner, there's a little heart icon that will take you to our Patreon account. And from there, you can sign up with different tiers of memberships and you get different perks like early episodes, AMAs, exclusive merch, and more. We really appreciate it. So today we have founder of teledipity.com, Andrew Gablick. I'm so excited. I've been a member of his site for a very long time. He has 75,000 members and growing. Um, If you don't know what Teledipity is, it's a numerology website where you get a custom forecast, which is kind of like a horoscope. Um, I can't tell you how accurate this stuff is. It's so accurate that I actually use this as... Um, a party trick when I'm like out with friends and everyone is always blown away. I've signed up my husband. Um, I highly encourage you to go to teledipity.com and create your free profile. I really think that you're going to love it. You're going to be blown away. Your friends are going to love it. Um, and it's kind of like a little cheat sheet for your future, for your month. Um, and it's just fun, even if it's something that you're just getting into. So let's get started with Andrew. i truly believe that he is one of the best people in the field. I couldn't recommend him enough and I really hope you enjoy this conversation. Also a quick side note, this audio is not the best so I do apologize in advance. We were filming um, live for my Twitch stream so bear with us. Future episodes will have better audio. Um, I hope that it doesn't take away from the awesome conversation. Enjoy. So um, I guess like if you want to just give our viewers like a quick snapshot, like how did you come up with like your company? What like drove you to numerology? Um, it's not something like a lot of people I guess are aware of yet. Uh, sure. Uh, first of all, thank you for the awesome intro uh, to both of you. I loved, I, I love, um, I love hearing what happens with, with the website because it's it's weird how I'm just like writing and pressing publish and I don't know what happens after. And hearing those stories is always like a very important for me and b like super awesome. It's it's what uh, it's what makes me the happiest of anything. Uh, so thank you. And yeah, I uh, I started Teledipity in 2015. And I was thinking about that idea for about four or five years before I actually did anything about it. I discovered numerology right after graduating college. It was the like epicenter of the great recession and nobody was getting jobs. I was, um, I had no money. I was running out of like just ways to even pay rent or pay my bills and I could not get a job. And it was a hard time. And you know how when you're going through hard times, you just want some system. It doesn't matter where it comes from or what civilization did it. You just want something to tell you, this is the date when it is over. This is when you get your job. This is when like the skies open up and everything becomes great again. So I was just Googling a lot and I found a numerology website. It was the, um, I mean, I had seen astrology and other systems before, but I, I never got described so accurately by another system um not to not to say that other systems aren't good are better or worse but like the way that numerology talked about me and what my uh strengths and weaknesses were and what i needed to work on and what my life was about it just resonated so i uh, just became obsessed and i bought a bunch of books uh i got the job but um i just like focused on numerology and nothing else for years. So after about four years and probably 70 plus books, uh, some old, some new, I was, I was basically self-taught. And then I, I thought about doing my own website and starting to present numerology the way I would have loved to see it and adding things that were not in other websites before. And um, that journey began almost five years ago now. Um, and it's just grown from there. Pretty amazing. So when you look at your own, um, your own information, did it, it kind of like lay that out? Like in retrospect, or like you can look back and be like, oh my gosh, this was all predicted if I knew it sooner. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
I, um, I mean, it, it's part of what numerology says about me that kind of convinced me that this was my path. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's, um, there's a combination there between what I can do well, which is right, and the spiritual aspect and just the technology. So definitely what numerology says about me um, inspired a lot of what, what I've known my work to be since then. Mm-hmm. So I guess when it comes to things like fate and destiny and free will, I know like that's like such a, those are all like super loaded philosophical topics. Like how would you describe something that kind of is like laying out your future, laying out your groundwork or saying things, maybe for example, like, um, like there are no coincidences. Like I've read, I've read that a lot of numerology. I don't think that's widely accepted or not. Um, but things down to like your, your name at birth, it was like kind of written in the stars, if you will. Um, so like, mm-hmm. how do you feel like fate, destiny and free will kind of tie in when it comes to things like numerology and astrology? Definitely. It's a common question. And it's a, I don't know if debate is the right word, but it's a, it's a debate that people usually see in terms of black and white, Mm -hmm. either everything's predestined or nothing is Mm -hmm. either everything means something or nothing means anything. And I think that the answer is somewhere in the middle. It's Mm -hmm. not a hundred percent one or a hundred percent the other. I think, um, all human beings are wired to think spiritually, even when they're not practicing any religion. Um, Cause religion and spirituality are, are not necessarily the same thing. Sometimes they go together, but not necessarily the same thing. But when you think about it, every time somebody faces a crisis in their lives or an obstacle, they start thinking spiritually, whether they notice it or not, they'll be like, Oh, this is all for a reason or this is happening for a purpose, or you'll find why this had to happen. And they start thinking in terms of order and some sort of intelligence in life that is bringing us our experiences with a very specific purpose. That's spiritual thinking, and it need not be tied to any spiritual system, religion, or anything else, numerology, astrology, whatever. It's just our kind of uh, core as human beings to believe that, 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 that life is not random. And I think everybody believes that in some way. Uh, people who want to say no will display some examples of spiritual thinking, especially when it comes to a crisis. There's people who, who will swear uh, off spiritual systems their entire lives and then start praying when somebody gets cancer or when there's some sort of natural disaster. So I think it's just our natural state as human beings. In terms of whether things are predestined or not, the, the example I always use is a bowling lane. So when you have a bowling lane, there's a limit to what the ball can do. Um, but inside that limit, there's a million options still. You can go crooked. You can go bouncing back and forth. You can go straight into the target. Um, there's still a million options, but there is kind of like a lines deciding the, the limits of all those possible options that the ball can take. And even then with limits – Somebody can throw the ball very harshly and it can bounce off and go somewhere else completely. So I think that that's uh, what life is. When we come, there's a path set out, but we still have the choice whether to align with it or not. And if we decide not to, we can go somewhere else and not be living our path. So the path, the, the, re, the, the, the fact that there is the best life kind of described or the, 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 the reason you came or the, 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 the impact you're supposed to have with your talents and the lessons you're supposed to learn. doesn't mean you're going to do it. Uh, doesn't mean you're going to align with it and doesn't mean that that's the only option, but, but it's there. So free will is still the fundamental thing. I never, I don't know if you've noticed, but I never write in terms of like, this is going to happen mm-hmm. because it's not how it works. It's just the, the theme of the month or the types of situations you might have, you might encounter and the best ways to deal with that. But you still have the, it's like, it's like a weather forecast. I can tell you it's going to rain, but I'm not telling you go to a restaurant or not, or take a, uh, an umbrella or not. Those are still choices you get to make. That's a really good analogy. I've never had it broken down with that. Um, so would you say, 
So what I always say, at least like my theory when it comes to like free will and um, fate and destiny is that, at least in my experience, is that there is a path and that path is like almost like a flow state, like everything is just happening, um, you're manifesting, like life is good when you're on the path. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like anytime I've veered off of my path or maybe made decisions that weren't in my best interest um, or in the interest of like my true self, then that's when things would start to maybe um, go wrong in my life. And I would feel it was almost like the universe like giving me hints, like, are you sure that this, these are the decisions you want to be making? Or are you sure like this is the direction you want to go? And it would keep mm -hmm. like almost amplifying like the further I started to stray from my true self or what my true path was. And it's almost like the universe gets louder and louder and louder. So yep. for me, I, I would say like someone who's not on their path, like that could be a good explanation as to maybe why you don't have the life that you feel like you should. Like maybe like there's like something that kind of feels wrong. So what would you say to like listeners um, or like one of your subscribers, like what are like the telltale signs of like not being on your path? The telltale signs are, um, I'm just thinking about the best answer. I, I think the way that you explain it is true. And I think everybody can, can connect with that. Um, it's such a common thing that, every human being has experienced. You know you wanna do something, but you're stopping yourself for A, B, or Z reason, and then you see all these signs. Like somebody mentions it and they didn't even know. Or you see like some billboard on the street and it talks about that and you happen to look at it and it's there. There's like, there is this external intelligence telling you like, this is what you should be doing. And it's not like, I mean, you can tell how those cannot be accidents, but it's still random situations that could be explained away some other way. So I think, um, I think the biggest thing for uh, the biggest sign um, for not being in aligned is if you have really clear dreams that make you very excited that are completely um, different from what you, the reality that you're living in today. Um, because, uh, people always have dreams and people always know what they should be doing. Some people it's common to say, I don't know what I want, mm -hmm. but it is my very strong belief that everybody knows what they want. It's just that sometimes they don't want to admit it, or sometimes they think it's not realistic. So they don't even want to say it, mm -hmm. or sometimes they think they don't deserve it. So even when they have those clear fantasies and, and the, the clear knowledge, this is what they want to do with their lives, they'll, they won't even talk about it or sometimes not even allow themselves to think about it in, in, in silence in their own internal monologue. Uh, so I believe that um, if you have the very clear visions of what your best life is and that's not, and you're not either living it or doing something to get yourself there, that's the sign that you're not mm -hmm. aligned. Did you want to ask me a question? Um, I feel like I got the answer, but we were, so we were talking about um, what happens when you're not on your path, when, in terms of numerology. And you, the way you explained it, it seems like the, the bumpers could be signs from the universe saying you're just not going in the right direction. This could be something painful or something, whatever, right? Now, can you go backwards? Can you go backwards? Yeah, um, like if there's, a forward path is there a backwards path there depending on your definition of going backwards my answer is going to be it's not possible to go backwards but it doesn't matter because you can always fix it forward um you could be 85 and still manifest your own path so there's it's it's never late um and i don't think you can go back and do things differently but uh, the future is always limitless. And even beyond death, there's something else, another, another path, another life to get it right. So it doesn't matter that we can't do it backwards, even, uh, but I don't think it's possible. Mm -hmm. Okay.
And, and then how does um, like genetics fit into it? Does the, is, epigenetics? Like epigenetics, yeah, right. Like the path of your ancestors. How does that match with your path? Or does it even match with your path? Or are you kind of like a fresh start when you're born? So I think that, um, okay, if you look at life just completely spiritually, and we are all um, more than this physical reality that we experience every day, and have a, like our souls have a past that we don't remember as we're living this life, but it's, it exists and it is there, then um, the, the trajectory of like, what am I trying to say? All the answers to the questions that you have, I don't know that it's possible to answer specifically because I believe that numerology is just like one of many examples of how perfect the universe is. So whatever, uh, whatever answers about what our lives are, um, are, um, they're just hidden beneath, in, inside these numbers and we know as much as we need to know. So through the nine and the six and the one, I can learn about what, what the purpose of this life is and what I'm supposed to do and what I'm supposed to work on. And the, the other answers, where I came from, where I go after, what I've been through, um, are not supposed to be known to me at this time. Mm-hmm. So I just think um, when people ask me why, why does a six mean this? And why does a seven mean this? I stop there because I honestly don't know. I don't know what is about the numbers or their vibrations that, that explain how accurate the system is. And I think that that answer is impossible to find and maybe not necessary for me to know. So in terms of genetics and your ancestry, I know two things. I know that every time I look at a, at a, like the, the numerology of an entire family, the mom, the dad, the siblings, there's always very strong links. Families have like, you, you'll see, um, for example, in my family, one thing we all have in common is we all have a three somewhere in the charts and you can see it reflected in different parts. And some people have it as a talent number. Some people have it as the, the, the thing they need to learn, but that's what combines us all. And when I understand what the three is and I see my family, I'm like, Oh, like this is however different we all are. This is something we all have in common and have to work on and is reflected in our lives. So I can see why we kind of came together in, in family form uh, to this experience because it's, it's a part of life that we're all working on. So, uh, when you look at your grandparents and, and things, uh, things before, I think like there's, it's just very curious how, I don't know, like if you look beyond biology, it's just a soul thing. So these souls chose to work together on these issues in the role of family for this period of history but it's it like the genetics part of it is as much a reflector of something deeper than the numerology part of it it's just something that helps us read what the link is but the real reason for that link is more probably metaphysical in a way that is likely not able to be understood or or explained by a human being i don't know if that makes sense no totally it almost uh i can't think of the name of the book uh, but it talks about like transgenerational trauma. Um, it didn't start with you. It didn't start with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to me, that sounds like really similar to, to the tags that are placed on different parts of the DNA, right? Like it's like maybe someone has like, a three in one area and then that three just keeps moving around to different areas mm-hmm. throughout like the generations. It's almost like this thing that kind of needs to be addressed that maybe wasn't fixed in the line up. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Like a cut. Yeah. Like a code, like epigenetics has, they talk about code in DNA and how code in DNA is passed on from generation to generation. Yeah. So it's almost, is that accurate to say that there, it's almost, yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess, yeah, I guess, because uh, 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 I found my answer as I was talking. I guess the simpler way to, to explain it is you chose your dad because you, your soul had something similar to work on as your dad, as your dad's soul. 
has, or there's something you can learn about this issue from your dad's life story and the way your dad handled things. And that repeats from that, the dad to the dad and the mom to the mom all the way back to whenever. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you can see that in genetics and those links of like in, in terms genetics it was a trauma that was passed on scientifically in terms of numerology it's just this number repeated over generations with the souls working on the same thing it's it's more both of those things are reflective of the fact that spiritually you chose your dad for a reason because you knew you had something to learn from him and mm -hmm. you knew that placing him in that role in your life uh, was going to give you those lessons so it's kind of like two systems that measure a link that's more spiritual than like scientific or mystic Mm -hmm. Okay, I didn't know that um, numerology suggested that you, as a consciousness, choose your your life or your reality. Right? Is that, yeah, that part of that that part is is getting into the weeds of uh, of the system, and I know how to explain it, and it's not something I normally put on the site, but basically, just without trying to explain everything that life is, because I, I can't, um, at the core of numerology is this idea that there's multiple lives because each life has a very specific focus. You came to do this and accomplish this and learn this. And if you're only focused on that for one life, that means there's many, many before and many, many after. And uh, that map that you come with that can be read when you're born is just a reflection of the things you chose for yourself. How did you choose it and with who and in what room and how that conversation went? I'm, I have no idea, but it is, a, it is, um, the, their self, their, their individual decisions. So you, the things that you came to live in this life, they're pre-chosen by you in whatever would happen before. And I don't know what that is. Interesting. Yeah. So the thing that always fascinates me the most when it comes to the mysticism, esoteric world and everything is that now that we've been exponentially hitting different milestones in technology and science and the understanding of these things, they are being demystified. A lot of the energy healing and all that is becoming more and more demystified. In a actually, positive way. In a positive way, right. Like they're actually Absolutely. proving like these things are right. Like we can control computers with our brains. We can yeah. communicate with other human beings. There's, there's some sort of energetic connection between humans that they're actually saying, like, this stuff exists. You got to stop ignoring it. A hundred percent. So is there, what I haven't seen is anything from the scientific community talking about numerology and numbers, anything like that. Could you enlighten us? Is there anything out there, any studies or anything that you've come across? No. Um... Not, not, no scientific studies about numerology that I have found. I feel like, um, personally, just in my work, I don't, do you know Joe Dispenza? Have you read his books? Oh, yeah, we're a big fan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he, he talks a lot about the law of attraction in very biological and scientific terms. And I was very aware of law of attraction concepts before I read him. And when I was, I, I learned a lot from him, but when I was reading his work, I noticed how he, he grounds everything in science in a way that I don't need because I believe in the concepts and I don't need really the scientific evidence. There's, a, this is depending on the person. There's people who are very like just open to spiritual explanations where you don't need the scientific evidence. And there's people who need scientific evidence before they believe it. Mm -hmm. uh, so for those people who really just need the, the Stanford scientists to say, yes, this numerology thing is something you should pay attention to. I feel like I'm not the person that wants, that is going to spearhead that project or, or really convince people like that. I feel like uh, I, the evidence, all the evidence I need is just in how it describes me and the things I'm living. So I don't really need the science, uh, but I understand some people do. So um, I don't know. I guess my answer is I don't really care about the science and not that I don't think science is important, but in terms of numerology, it's not, and not something that, that I think about. There was somebody who offered to invest in my company and said, we need to, we need to prove this with like get a research done and prove this. And I said, no, because I don't, 
I don't feel like my mission is to convince a skeptic person. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like my mission is to talk to the people who, who feel like this system is speaking to them. Mm-hmm. And that's just a very, that's spiritual faith. And um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's much more pleasant that way too. <laughs> You're not <laughs> on the forefront, like trying to like convince people of anything. People are just, you can get stuck in your ways very easy. Yeah. yeah and I, I mean, think like in Joe many ways. Um, Joe Dispenza, he's, he spent his entire career trying to build the scientific evidence to try to convince people that this stuff is real. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now finally, after years and years of painful mm-hmm. research, he's finally getting to a point where people are paying attention. Same and with um, Lipton, what's his name? Um, the guy that studies Bruce Lipton, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, the curious thing is that even with all the the, the evidence that Joe puts forth so brilliantly in his book, there's people who question it mm-hmm. and criticize it and say mm-hmm. that it's pseudoscience. So will you ever come to a place where everybody says this spiritual belief is the truth? I don't know if that's possible, but I, when something speaks to you, you know it. Like every time I read a Joe Spencer book, I'm like, yes, I, yes, I want to do this. Like, this is the <laughs> truth. I like, and it's just this excitement that comes in. That's your compass saying, this is true. And I don't need some expert to tell, to confirm that for me. Cause I, my soul says like, listen to this guy and just do what he says. And I trust that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So what I'm super interested in when the numerology side of it is I feel like a lot of software developers, coders, um, people have an ideology in their head. Whatever they connect with most is where they lean. Like, like you said, people are always searching for some sort of spiritual path, especially when they're in crisis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I find that a lot of the people in the technology world are more leaning with Elon Musk towards like the, um, the whole, um, what's it called? I just said it this afternoon. The, the simulation, theory. simulation theory, the matrix. And I've always thought that that seemed eerily close to something like that numerology would be a part of the simulation theory, right? Because it's all, it's code based, there's numbers, it's, it, right? Have you, is that anything you've ever explored and, or do you have any insight into that? Yeah, is that like popular in the community? Like debate, <laughs> debate this? Like I could just see a bunch of numerologists with some like wine going deep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I think, I think my answer would be similar in terms of like, and I, I, I feel really philosophically strong about this. Um, it's like, there's a point where I stop trying to understand what the, what the underlying reasons for this is. So I know a little bit, I know that the, the universe is more than this, that there's multiple dimensions and that t- time is not what we think it is. And that however, whoever designed this, whatever this is, reality experience, left some important messages inside numbers that we can read through numerology. And that's where I stop. Um, Cause I philosophically, I feel like what is happening in this dimension, like the, the trials I go in building my business or in my love relationships or in my friendships or with my family are what this period of my soul story is about. Not, not what those explanations are. So I know that there are some and they exist. And I always, I love listening to people who have thoughts about like what it might be and like what might happen. And like when Joe's talks about moving into past lives and his meditations, I'm like, Oh, I want to do that. Um, and I believe it, but I don't have thoughts because I, I don't want, like, I, I strongly believe that we're not supposed to know those things and we'll know when, after we die. Or maybe we already know it and we chose to forget it for this for this experience. That's interesting. So if you basically, I guess you could look at it like we don't have the information on purpose. If there's a reason why we don't remember these things. So if that's the case, like, would you just say it's like ill-advised for these people that make it like they're, because I've, I've met some people that almost spend more time trying to find out about past lives and working on like what's going on now. And that to me seems like a little bit out of whack because like 
you're supposed to be focusing here and now, like this is your purpose, whether you believe in past lives or not, but they just like refuse to accept where they are and they're too focused on where they want to be. Yeah, right? yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think having this curiosity about what the answers might be or about what your past lives might be is completely healthy. I think thinking about that 24 seven might be reflective of some sort of escape mechanism that you have uh, from trying to disconnect from this one, uh, if it's 24 seven, but if it's, if it's just a passion that you have and, and like me with numerology, uh, like you, you want to explore this st subject, but you're still present in other sides of your life, then I don't think it's bad. Um, and I don't think it's bad for people to have theories about the simulation theory either. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm just explaining why I don't have thoughts about it because personally, I don't feel like I don't feel like any human, or maybe they can, but I don't feel like any human can explain it with 100% accuracy or know it for with 100% accuracy. Mm -hmm. Let's talk romantic partners. I feel like I get a lot of questions mm -hmm. when it comes to um, like finding like a healthy, positive, long-lasting relationship and. What's funny is like, I have a lot of friends that are super into like all sorts of mysticism, like astrology, numerology, um, like love language, like pretty much like everything. And mm -hmm. they'll find someone that they might be attached to that all of these things say it's not going to work. <laughs> like, <laughs> like hit the eject button now, but they're determined to like kind of ignore everything and then just like, stay in a relationship. And whether you believe in any of this or not, or if you're spiritual or not, I think you could be um, just like a regular person that's like agnostic and still know the telltale signs of what is not a healthy relationship. Um, so I guess like, what would you say, like what's your advice from your perspective as a numerologist in finding like a healthy relationship that's going to be long lasting? Absolutely. I feel like uh, what I'm about to say also applies to astrology, even though I'm not an astrologer. So, uh, Maybe someone will talk about that, but I feel like it, it applies to all these spiritual systems. So uh, with numerology, I can tell you that a one and a five will have great chemistry, but that doesn't mean it's the right relationship for you or that, that there's your soulmate. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think numerology can tell, can tell you that. And that's just based on the limits of numerology. For mm -hmm. example, each number has a positive expression and negative expression. So uh, a, good, um, a good example is a five, they're dealing with their relationship with change. So a good five will be super adaptable and know about a lot of things and know how to like a jack of all trades and just help other people change their lives and just have a really healthy relationship with change. And a bad five will be either scared of change and not want to change anything in their lives ever or addicted to change and just constantly leave cities and countries and places without ever like experiencing or, or being grateful for what they have in the moment. Numerology can't tell you if you're on this side or on this side. They just tell you you're a five and you're working with your relationship with change. So you can find, find a five here or a five here. So mm -hmm. it would be very responsible for me to tell you, you need to be with an eight because I could send you to a negative eight and that's not going to be a healthy relationship. So I love uh, numerology compatibility. Uh, I have reports uh, that, that I sell on the website and I love, trust me, every time I start dating somebody, the first thing I do is go check their numbers. Like within the first, like, <laughs> so I do it a lot, but you have to do it from the, from the right perspective and saying, it's not about finding a specific number mm -hmm. or about numbers telling you if it's the right relationship or not. It's if you feel really great in this relationship, then you look at the numbers and say, oh, this is why we have chemistry because we have this thing in common. And this is why we get into this type of fight all the time because we have this a thing that isn't uh, compatible and this is where our conflicts always come and in order to resolve our conflicts i need to do more of this and they need to do more of that and we're going to have a more harmonious relationship and then numerology can be an amazing way to just like be aware of your differences be aware of the things that trigger you and kind of like change yourself for the other person so the relationship is more harmonious that to me is the best way but in terms of deciding I need to be with this number or not with this number, or this means that this relationship is going to work or not, I don't think 
I don't think you should use numerology that way because any two numbers can have an awesome relationship and any two numbers can have a horrible, very complicated relationship. So it's not, you shouldn't use it for that specifically. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I guess that goes back into like the bowling lane analogy, right? Is that like, there's just like so many different mm-hmm. ways you could go. So if like your, um, I think it's called expression number. Is that what it's called? When it's your, when you yeah. Your name? Yeah. So yep. if there are certain things that say like, this might be a vice, you know, like you just are aware of that and then you just live your life according to like not overindulging in certain maybe bad. Exactly. Things. Exactly. And think, example, think of a serial killer. Like they'll have a number, they'll be a six or a four or a five, Mm -hmm. but you don't want to date them. So don't just look at the numbers. (laughs) (laughs) There's other things to think about. Oh man, that could get me on like a whole, like I, so I went to school for psychology and what got me there is I did um, one of my dissertations just on like psychopathy and it just fascinates me. So would you say like a lot of like those tendencies tend to be in like the negative numbers or do you think that they're not related? Like someone who's just like, a, I, I guess I'll say bad, like just a bad person, right? Like, is that just a, a vibrational yeah. thing or is that a number thing? You can, I could look at a bad person's chart and figure out where like, and explain what, what you're seeing. For example, mm-hmm. um, a lack of empathy. Mm-hmm. You'll have uh, you'll have either no sixes, or you'll have sixes in places where it's uh, it's a it's an energy you you have but don't understand or or expressed in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, so like like it's you always have to part from the person and then the chart to explain the person, not the chart because you'll see you'll have the same chart in a really awesome person that that doesn't kill anybody. So right. it's not about like it's just yeah. Um, so it, you, you can't see, or like the narcissism, not thinking about other people, only being focused on yourself or, or not thinking about consequences and thinking you're immune from them. all those things are, are expressed in negative sides of certain numbers. That's so fascinating. But cause I mean, if you did want to get into like the science of it ever, then I guess you could compare, um, people with no empathy and then find like the, um, my brain's not working. You would find that there would be no sixes, right? Like across the board. So that would be like one way and, to improve. Yeah. And that would, that wouldn't like, it, it doesn't mean that if you don't have any sixes, that that's your situation. Like right. it's, it's a little bit more, uh, more nuanced, but yeah, like something like that. Yeah. It's so fascinating. So have you ever found somebody in doing this in relationships or, or anything that just plain didn't fit the numbers? Um, there is, there are times when people log into Teledipity and tell me this is not me. And usually uh, that can be explained. And it's, it's like, I, my calculation, it could be wrong. Cause I mean, I've, I've done it for a while. I feel like it's maybe 20% of people. It's a minority, but people will say this. And when I dig deeper, I always find three, one of three explanations. The first is they'll say, this isn't me. But then people who know them, I'll be, will be like, yeah, yeah, it is you. Like, so it's, there's a, there's a <laughs> thing about how they see themselves and how they really are that there's kind of like a, so they, they'll be like, I'm like super messy, but they won't admit it. So that's sometimes an explanation. Sometimes it has to do with not the limitations of the system, but the limitations of doing a reading in a website because you can't always account for where you are in the scale of negative eight or positive eight. Mm-hmm. So if I'm gonna if I'm gonna explain what eight means in this side of your chart, I could explain it all positive, or I could explain it all negative, or I could explain it somewhere in the middle where most people are going to be, and that's going to grab most of the population. But anybody who's here or here will say that's not me. You're not talking about me, and that's probably true. But I'd be able to to tell that in a, in a one-on-one reading perfectly mm-hmm. and kind of adapt the, the, the explanation to that person in ways that I cannot uh, do it f- when I do a mass-free computerized reading. The same limitation can sometimes happen with combinations of numbers, and those are uh, very common. For example, a four, super hardworking, super organized, plans everything meticulously. 
A five, super adaptable, loves change, takes risks. It's usually a little bit messy and just like it's all over the place. People who have four and fives, when you explain their personality, you have to kind of like just guess how that combination is expressed. And I do it. A lot of those come like when you see the word cloud on the website, that's what I'm trying to do is like kind of like mix the, the energy. So it feels like all of it is talking about you and there's two versions. So I'll say, if you go in to read your expression, you're very adaptable and you love change. And then if you go and read your, your, uh, your personality number, you're not adaptable. You hate change. You like organized and planning. So if they only read this, they'll be like, no, I, I love change. Like this isn't me. Or if I only read this, they're like, I don't know. So it's kind of like, um, just the limitations of not the system, but either me, the interpreter, or the concept of having a computerized reading, which isn't always going to be 100% accurate. Mm -hmm. But in one-on-one -on -one readings, I, uh, after three years of doing them, I've only had one person say like, no. Because that's when I can be more adaptable to the person I'm talking to, to and kind of feel where they are and then kind of like say the information to them. Mm -hmm. um, so if you ever cross, so there's, I mean, there's a ton of websites you can go on that, like the, uh, like a disc, like the psychological, psychographic websites, like Discord, Colby A, even Love Languages, right? They all have like these profiles built out. Have you ever cross-referenced the numerology numbers, everything with those types of scores? I've cross-referenced in terms of myself, because I'll go take my INTJ test or whatever, and then I know my numerology and I can see the same stuff. But I've never tried to do it for other people for within like in terms of my work with numerology, I stick to numerology, but I've seen like when I take a personality test and it's accurate, I can see the numerology reflected there. Um, just cause I know what it is. So like, uh, I feel like they're different systems, like reading the same thing from different angles, but they're going to, they're going to come to the two very similar results. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to like numerology and I'll say like, I guess, astrology, would you say that those are like two different pieces to like the same puzzle or it's kind of like, um, it's, I guess like there's a, more of a divide where like you're, you either believe in numerology or you believe in astrology or are they more like, are they allowed to be blended? Yeah, I don't feel like there's a divide. They're very, um, there's an overlap. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who, who love both, follow both. There's a lot of astrologers that use numerology when they do their readings and they'll look at both systems. Uh, and there's people like me that only will only stick with one. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, I haven't heard a single astrologer say numerology is bullshit or vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like they're both uh, spiritual systems and universal languages um, that, that are kind of like, just like I said before, reading the same information from different angles. Mm -hmm. uh, but I feel like the, the relationship is very friendly. I personally, because I'm the kind of person who will like try to be, to do everything and be an expert on everything and like read about everything is my natural tendency. I made a very clear decision early on and said only numerology, mm -hmm. nothing else, no cards, no crystals, no nothing, just numerology. And I'll stick to that because I like, I want to go deep into one then like have a little bit of everything. So that's why I like, I'll read astrology and I'll read what other people have to say about me or whatever, but I don't, tr I don't try to get the books or really learn cause I need to stick to my lane uh, just for my own sake and for the sake of my work. Uh, but I don't feel, yeah, I feel like we're all friendly. That's good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you had mentioned that this is part of your path, you discovered numerology and then you took this path and it led you to where you are today. Is there a greater um, vision that you know you're, you're going towards? Is it something you'd like to share? <laughs> um, I, I saw very early on, years before I even did it, a mobile app that was so crazy accurate that even though it was a software, it would know what you're feeling in the moment and say like, hey, I know you're pissed off, like read this. Here's a little reflection. 
or why don't you go find this book or here, like, let me just talk to you for three minutes and tell you how you feel and kind of like both guide you and make you feel at peace. I saw this application like so clear in my mind and I knew numerology at the time, but I didn't know I was going to use numerology for it. So I've been focused on launching it and I'm four weeks away now after almost six years. That it's is ready. Cool. It's about to go. It's the most exciting thing ever. And that's all like in terms of what it does uh, for people who uses it, I, I, apart from like the, the, the user story, like or how big it gets or how far it gets, I haven't thought that far. I've just been focused on putting it out. And the, the website was kind of like the, the, the baby version of that. But the app will be like the real dream. And that's what I always felt was my mission is to build this kind of mystic, kind of technologically software that like will, will give you small bits of very powerful self-improvement information at the right time in the right moment of the day where it's really going to have an impact and change the way you think about something. And that's why I called it teledipity because it's serendipity in your cell phone. Ah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> well, if you need a dedicated beta user. <laughs> I'll be your I, early doctor. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, uh, I'll give both of you guys early access in a, yeah. in a couple oh, weeks. Yeah. I'll just, oh. I'll just DM you and you'll be able to download it and you can tell me. So exciting. Yeah, that's yes. awesome. Did you, so there's, I've seen a few people that are putting together, the, like it's like, like um, Sam Harris and some of these guys that have some of these cooler apps out there. Um, mm -hmm. the, and I know that Tony Robbins is building an AI version of himself that he's putting on an app. And Ray yeah. Dalio did the same thing with his principles book. Now his isn't AI, I don't think his is AI, but he's trying to turn it into AI. So when you have a problem, It'll filter through his principles that he wrote in his book, Principles, and give you the answer, give you all that stuff. I know Tony is trying to build an AI version of himself <laughs> and um, get that out in the world. Do you see a future of mixing like artificial intelligence with numerology? It's, it's in there. It's in the app. Oh, and is it? It's basically, it's yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, the really raw early version of it is a chatbot that you can ask anything and it will respond. Okay. In the first year, most of the responses will be, I'm gonna send your question to Andrew and he'll respond in like a week via email. But every time you ask it something and I write the response to that user, the system knows for the next person who asks it just to send the response. And it's not going to be like, it's not just going to be me answering the questions, but I'll say like, oh, this person needs to read this book and I'll like, like, I'll write a little bit and say like, you should take, take a look at this author of this book or, oh, this video is perfect. And it's not always my content. It'll be other people's content. But basically when I get the app in your hands, the whole like artificial intelligence philosopher chatbot won't exist, but it will have some answers programmed. And then over the course of a year, two, three, four, five, we'll really build that. But it can't be done without the actual questions that people send. So most of the time in the beginning, you'll, you'll just get, Andrew will get this, he'll email you. And then little by little, we'll start building the, the awesome thing. Um, I, I, had, I wanted to, um, someone had mentioned in the chat, and there's a couple of things that, that like brought to my attention, but I, there was nowhere to actually fill it in. There, um, didn't Nikola Tesla, wasn't he into numerology? I didn't know that. I, he might've been. Okay. I, I didn't know that. I'm going to look into it. Okay. It's, then, it's come, it's come in and out of fashion many times in history. It was big in like 1910, 1918, which I think is about the same time. And then it went away and then it came back in the seventies. Most of the greatest numerology books were written in the seventies and then it went away and then it came, it's coming back right now. And it's like independent of teledipity. There's been other sites and other people like talking more about it, but I feel like, over the next 10 years, it will be back in fashion. Um, but it's, it's been around for 2000 years um, and there's always people adding to it and like making it better. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me that, that there's uh, historical figures that are connected to it. And I heard something, uh, an astrologer friend told me, and I don't have any evidence for this because the history of numerology is kind of murky. It's all oral history. There's no book outlining how it's evolved over uh, millennia. But she said 
like let's say pre 1800s astrology was uh was very feminine like it was the the female spiritual system and numerology was always very masculine so there were a lot of like either um like secret societies and and people like important like i don't know people or whatever that that uh worked with numerology and in general like before 200 years or whatever years ago um it was there was a there's a it was a very uh there's a there's a difference in like the, the the female spiritual works and and um and systems and the male and that you can see that in terms of like stars versus numbers uh, but i i don't know if that's true or not i just thought that might have been accurate the way she described it Ooh. no that would make sense right because i feel like the universe is constantly like seeking balance so you would have to have mm -hmm. like yin and yang right? mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. for sure so when it comes, like you mentioned that like in the seventies that there was like an uproar and like a lot of like the best information was um, published then, do you think that there's like a relationship between like psychedelics and numerology or just psychedelics in general and like information and like being able to access information? Yeah, I think there's a very strong link with, between psychedelics and spirituality for sure. I think people have a lot of spiritual experiences on psychedelics. I think psychedelics probably are like gates to understanding this dimension from the perspective of other dimensions, whatever that means. I definitely think there's, so I think that, I mean, I don't know if the, the link is between numerology and, and psychedelics or just spirituality and spiritual systems and psychedelics. I think that that's definitely a link and you see, I mean, you see how the age of Aquarius or whatever, I mean, astrology was also huge in the seventies in a way that it isn't, or it wasn't, I think it's coming back now, but it wasn't like 10 years ago. Uh, so I think they're both riding the same like wave of coming in and out of fashion. Just astrology has always been more well-known. Um, and uh, yeah, I can also see parallels between the late 60s, early 70s now um, in other areas of what's like what we're going through. So it feels like the 2020s will be very spiritual and very numerology astrology that kind of thing i mean you can tell right no definitely yeah. so you were saying that a lot of people like turn to spirituality during a time of crisis in 2020 has mm -hmm. been a yep. crisis <laughs> just mm -hmm. from from january up to the current days um would you say so like people talk about like a global consciousness and would you say that that can also relate to numerology like that like the earth or like the global consciousness as a whole is on a specific cycle or a place in like that nine year spin. Um, yeah. And then we're just like fragments of that, that one united number. Yeah. So think of um, numerology as kind of like a fractal. It's not perfect, but it, you go nine days cycles, nine month cycles, nine year cycles and then nine cycles of cycles of nine years so like 81 year cycles mm -hmm. and then boom 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 so and and like all those have like a cycle of nine so a cycle of nine days a cycle of nine months a cycle of nine years a cycle of nine cycles of nine years right now we are changing cycles so it's like the change of centuries it began in 2017 it doesn't end until 2025 um so it's kind of like a complete global shift the, the whole the whole previous cycle uh started in the 40s and is ending now and then what we're starting really is the 21st century right now and these events are kind of like forcing those changes and i don't know where it lands but societal changes uh, the ways we like the ways the country the the, the planet is structured the ways we relate to the planet all those things change so that's what we're going through. Do you think that there's a connection between um, the fact that everything's in like nines and then like the human gestational period is also a nine? I don't know. I think that it, I don't, yeah, no, that I think that there's a reason for that. It's funny how it's nine, nine months. Yeah. I think that, I don't think that's an accident. Yeah. I just had a baby, so that's my brain obviously is like going there. 
And I mean, and when you think about it, like the whole mathematical system is in nines because you have one through nine and then you start 10, which is one and a zero and stuff. Mm -hmm. So like it, that's how we design math, nine, nine year cycles or nine, nine groupings of nines. Is there a significance to the number nine? Like in general? Like yeah. So the number nine is, um, and it's most basic definition. It is um, sacrificing yourself for the greater good or doing things for others and not for yourself. And just like, it's the humanitarian number. A perfect ex uh, example of a nine was Mahatma Gandhi. He was a nine. So you can see like how he expressed this energy. Uh, and nine is all other numbers. So it'll have like different characteristics from all numbers. And it's just the completion. That's when you combine all the stuff you learned, all the energies you, you worked with and everything into kind of like the last chapter where it's just like you put it all together in a whole. And that's why it's about service instead of self. Uh, so it's kind of like a completion and uh, selflessness. I know we don't have a great deal of time. I do have a question. I might go down a rabbit hole that we might go for it. But uh, <laughs> the, um, is there a regular distribution of numbers in, in like a, the population? Like, is there more? Is it yeah, is it more six? Is it like a craft table? Is there more six and eights? Than, than anything else or, or is it like, is it evenly distributed? So to answer that, I would have to kind of like run the numbers of like the whole census and their birth dates are in there. So like I need to, but it is, I've wondered that before. And when I look at the, the, the statistics for my website, it is interesting. It's not evenly divided. It's almost evenly divided. But there are there is a prevalence of some numbers. I see more fours. I see more twos than like others. But I like to, I don't know like those when you work in statistics, you can't assume that you have like a, a perfectly random sample. Um, maybe for example, there are certain numbers that are more attracted to spirituality and thus would sign up for teledipity in more uh, rates. So I I couldn't make. Um, insights about the, the whole population. But at the same time, I just try to think about it logically and say it's completely mathematic. So like, unless there's weird differences in how many babies are born in one day versus another, which I don't think we've ever seen, I don't know. Uh, it should be even, but I don't see even in my database. So I don't know. It, it's an interesting question. I've thought about it before too. Yeah, I, I, yeah it'd be really tough to figure it out because yeah. Some numbers could be more prone to looking up their numbers, right? <laughs> exactly. That's the only place you're exactly. getting data from that it's going to be skewed anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, we are officially out of time. Are we? Mm -hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> I, like, that's why I wanted to schedule this for longer because I'm like, I know <laughs> I can just like talk and talk your ear off because it's just so fascinating to me. So you guys, like, I've done I've done a bunch of these lives, but you guys had the most the, the like most profound questions I've ever like had to answer. They were like I really had to like think about my answer because I, I never thought about that before. So it was these very very about. high level interview. So this is the baby goes to bed. These are our conversations. These are our dinner conversations. <laughs> I love it. I hey, love it. Like this is awesome. Consciousness and reality and what's yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had a ton of fun. Like, thank you so much for giving us your time. Thank you for inviting yeah. me. I had fun too. It was awesome. And um, uh, you can do like your shameless plug, like tell everyone where they can find you and how they can support you. Sure. Um, so the first and most important thing is go to teledipity.com and sign up for your free account. You'll get a full numerology chart longer and deeper than anyone you'll pay for in any other sites. I did that on purpose. It's completely free. You'll see everything numerology has to say about you. Then you'll get weekly emails or semi-weekly emails about what's going on in your life. The first of the month, you get a monthly forecast. The first of the year, you get a yearly forecast. And that's how the product exists in its current form today. In a month, go to the app stores, Android or Apple, and download the Teledipity app. But if you sign up for Teledipity, I'll let you know via email. So 
just go sign up on Teldipity. I'm on Instagram, on Twitter, at Teldipity. Um, but in, in all honesty, I suck at social media. And most of my communication with users is via inside my platform. So uh, I'm not like, I try to post, but it, it's not my, I'm not, I'm not, I need somebody to take care of that side of the business. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Yeah, thank you again. Um, I wish you like all the success with your new thank app. You. It's amazing. Um, and hopefully we can stay in touch. Yeah, definitely keep us posted. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, we'd love to come back anytime. Had awesome. a great, great time. Glad to hear it. Well, All have right. a good night. Thank you so much. You too. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have the time, please rate and review. And you can always hit subscribe to stay up to date with our latest episodes.